1: It's Superman, strange visitor from another world Who came to earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers Bend steel in his bare hands And who, disguised as Clark Kent Mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way But before we join Superman Here is an important message Fellows and girls, have you ever seen a squadron of American bombers roaring through the air in formation? Have you seen newsreel pictures of Uncle Sam's destroyers cutting through the seas on patrol in search of enemy subs and surface raiders? I'm sure you have, and I bet you were thrilled. You probably felt terribly proud, too. Well, if you've been buying war-saving stamps regularly, you have a right to be proud, not only because those planes and those ships represent the fighting spirit of America but because you helped to build them. Yes, sir. Every time you bought a war-saving stamp, your money helped by the labor and materials that are used to make planes and ships and equipment to knock out the Nazis and the Jets. So next time you hear some boy or girl on your block say, oh, shucks, what difference does it make if I buy one stamp or not? What difference can one dime make? You tell them that it does make a difference. It makes a big difference. You tell them, for instance that five dimes will buy enough fuel oil to take American destroyer one full mile closer to its objective, or that one dime will buy five .45 caliber bullets. Tell them that if every boy and girl in the United States bought just one ten-cent war-saving stamp every day, it would add up to enough money to buy a lot of swift pursuit planes with which her army and navy forces could blast the Axis out of the air. And while you're at it, you might remind them that this is one way that all you fellows and girls can help to win this war. Now, after all, everybody can't join Uncle Sam's armed forces. But all of us can buy war-saving stamps. So talk it over with Mother and Dad tonight. Tell them that you want to help Uncle Sam win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly, every day if possible. And I'm sure they'll be glad to cooperate. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman and his companions in adventure are now in the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada, where they went to solve the mystery of the headless Indian, an amazing phenomenon who rides a flaming horse through the night-filled forest. In our last episode, we heard how Lois Lane, lost in the deep woods in the midst of a raging blizzard, tried desperately to find her way back to the lodge. Niles Graham, otherwise known as the Laffer, had died of an accidental gun wound, and Lois had left him in the snow to return to the lodge. After hours of fighting her way against the storm, Lois suddenly realized she had been walking in a circle. All strength gone out of her, the girl reporter sank exhausted into the snow. Just then, the howl of a wolf came to her on the wind, and she knew that the Wendigar, the werewolf, wolf was abroad. And then, galloping through the night astride his flaming white horse, came the headless Indian. Lying in the snow, unable to move, Lois watched with horror-struck eyes.
2: Headless Indian. It's the headless Indian galloping through the night. It is true. There is a headless Indian. Oh, no. No, it can't be. I'm seeing things again. It can't be true because if its isn't, I'm safe. Of course,
1: you're safe, Lois. Oh,
2: no. Oh, it's not you. It can't be. Superman. How could you possibly have found me? I've
1: been circling about looking for you. I heard you scream. You're suffering from exposure here. I'll wrap my cape about you.
2: Oh, thank you. warm. It was so cold. Now,
1: listen, I've got to work fast. The lodge is three miles away, but I'm going to fly so fast that we will be there in five seconds. I'm going to cover your head with my cape, otherwise the wind will cut you to ribbons. When I tell you, take a deep breath and hold it. Can you do
2: it? Oh, yes, yes.
1: All right, take a deep breath. Now,
2: up. And away! Ah,
1: We're here, at the lodge.
2: Oh, we can't be. I'm
1: going to leave you here at the front door. I'll knock on the door so someone will come and find you.
2: A superman! Another time, Lois. Up! Up! And away!
1: Now to intercept that horse and his headless rider. He'll undoubtedly make for the Devil's Canyon again, the spot where the horse appears to take off and fly through the air. Well, I know there's a superman, but I have my doubts about a super horse. Ah, here we are. Well, not long to wait, either. Here comes the flaming horse and his headless rider through the forest now. It certainly is a frightening sight. If I weren't Superman, I'd be scared green. Hello, what's this? The horse is stopping. The rider is pulling him up. Hello. The rider is removing what appears to be a headless pair of shoulders. Well, another Ichabod crane, eh? The headless horseman of sleepy Canada. This will be interesting to watch. Let's see what happens.
2: Hey, Joe, for the love of Mike, send down that block and tackle, will you? I'm number McCole. Send your yes, sure shorthand. You think I'm any warmer than you are sitting up here on this platform in a grave? Oh, come on, come on. Can't it chatter? Send down that block and tackle.
1: Well, this is wonderful. A block and tackle to lift that horse into the air, to create the illusion that the horse took off into the air. Exactly the sort of fantastic but practical thing the laugher would invent. He said this little adventure would end in the death of one of us, and he was the one to get it. Now, what are they doing?
2: Hurry up, hurry up. Let's get this thing out of the way. I got a buckle and stuff under the horse's belly. Don't give me a chance. Okay, I, I got the strap buckled. Now, up open the horse. Take him up.
1: Well, I think it's high time to take a hand in this amusing little incident. Ah, uh, just a moment, gentlemen.
2: But Moser is a guy in a Halloween costume. Say, hey, what are you doing here?
1: Believe it or not, I was waiting for a headless Indian, and I believe I found him.
2: Come on down here, Joe. I got a feeling I'm going to have trouble. There
1: we are, Joe. I'll be up for you in a minute.
2: Now, look here, bud. I don't know who you are, but I ain't taking no chances. see. I got a rifle
1: attached to this title, and I'm going to let you have it. You're wasting your time. What do you mean? Bullets can't harm me, but you won't believe
2: it until you see it. Go ahead and shoot. Hey, this guy's crazy. He's playing nuts. He's asked me to shoot him. Okay, shoot him. Okay, I will. <laughs> Jumping shooters, then bullets and stuff. i his chest the jelly team.
1: Now you're convinced? <laughs>
2: Butter, I'm... I'm pixelated. Here, you... You take the right... You hold on to it. I can't. I... I can't on the counter. I'm gonna... Tears out. Hmm. Hello up there.
1: Joe. Yeah? Your partner has fainted. I'm coming up. Now, wait
2: a minute, buddy.
1: (laughs) Hello, Joe. What a neat little theatrical setup you've got here. Strong platform built between two pine trees, Rope, pulleys, wires, all for the one purpose of lifting that horse into the trees. Very interesting. I've done it all myself. I used to be a mechanic before I joined up with... Hey, I'm talking so much. Nothing you can tell me I don't already know, Joe. All this hocus-pocus, the headless Indian, the flying horse coated with luminous paint, by the way, to make him glow in the dark. All this was designed to frighten Sebastian Beauvais away from the hunting lodge. I wonder why.
2: Yes, though, huh? Yes,
1: I keep wondering why the laugher went to all this trouble to frighten Sebastian away from the lodge instead of killing him. Will you explain that, Joe? Not me, but I ain't explaining nothing. But I insist, Joe. And I refuse. Don't refuse, Joe. I ain't talking. I haven't much time to fool you, Joe. Talk or you'll be sorry. Not Nothing's
2: going. from My wrist. Hey, look oh, out. You're, you're breaking my arm. Are you going
1: to talk, Joe? No, I ain't.
2: It's
1: your last chance, Joe. Talk oh. or I'll break your arm. Okay.
2: Well? Okay, I'll talk. I'll tell you anything.
1: Excellent. Now then, why all this bother to frighten Sebastian away from the lodge? If the Laffer wanted to get him out of the way, why didn't he kill him?
2: Well, that was all he was going to do until so we found out that every night Sebastian played chess with that money at Lake Minow by my radio. If we killed Sebastian, he couldn't play chess no more. If he didn't play chess no more, our money would get suspicious. Uh-huh. And if the money got suspicious... He would
1: have made the trip up to see what was wrong, and that would have spoiled the laffers' plans, eh? Huh. Why did the laffer want to get rid of Sebastian Beauvais? Why did he want to get White and Miss Lane and Kent out of the way? Well, uh... The laugh was in the counterfeiting business. Oh. Uh-huh. We counterfeited everything from the United States currency to victory bonds, including Canadian dollars. I see. The cops was getting pretty close to it, the Metropolis, so the Laffer decided to go far away, but he would never find it. So we hired this place from that French Canuck, and up we come. It took a lot of trouble getting the equipment in without the Canuck catching wise. We told him all them cases and things was hunting equipment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever really believed it, but there wasn't much he could do. We set the stuff up in the cellar, and we've been working there ever since. The cellar. We made sure to connect stayed out of the cellar, I can tell you that. Well, that about answers everything. Okay, Joe, and I'm going to take you for a little oh, ride. Hey, wait a minute. I told you everything you wanted to know, didn't I? What do you want to put me off? Oh, you misinterpret me, Joe. We're going for a little ride back to the lodge, where I intend to clean up this mess as quickly as possible. I'll just tuck you under this arm. Hey, stop it! Will you stop it? And we'll pick up your sidekick <laughs> on the way
2: down.
1: Now to tuck him under the other arm. There we are. And now,
2: up, up, and away!
0: And I tell you, my friends, for the first time in two months, I can sit back and enjoy myself.
1: Me, too. No
0: more worry, no more trouble. Well,
1: the Northwest Marlins should be here by tomorrow night if they make good time. And they can take your uh, customers back with them. Yeah. They, by the way, Sebastian, you're sure they can't get out of those rooms we locked them in?
0: No, no, it is impossible. You know, I was... i you so amazed when I see all that counterfeiting machinery in the cellar?
2: <laughs> I should think you would have been. Yeah,
0: Never once they let me go into the cellar. I know it's something wrong, but what? I do not know. This uh, Mr. Graham, he's the head of the great counterfeiting uh, business?
1: Uh, you mean counterfeiting racket? Oui, oui,
0: oui. He was the man known as the Laffer? certainly was.
2: I was never so shocked in my life as when he confessed everything to me out there in the woods just before he died. Uh,
0: day after tomorrow, you will go back with your mountains, n'est-ce pas?
1: Yes, Sebastian. I'll be sorry to leave you. Somehow, despite all the danger and excitement, I've sort of enjoyed myself up here. So have I.
0: And I, too, have enjoyed having you. But I must speak the truth.
2: No. I would
0: be happy to return to my quiet way of living alone by myself with... Nothing but the wild creature of the woods. The deer, the caribou, the bear. This is my life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What was that? It sounded like like the laugher. You must be hearing things. The laugher, Niles Graham, is dead.
0: You think maybe he's ghost?
1: Oh, nonsense, Sebastian. By this time, we should have convinced you that ghosts don't
0: exist. <laughs>
2: Clark, ghosts or no ghosts, someone is laughing outside that door. And it sounds like...
0: This is impossible. The is dead. You saw him die in the woods. <laughs>
2: what are we going to do, Clark? Well, I'm going to open that door. Oh! <laughs> No, no, Impossible. It, it can't be. <laughs>
1: Lois, Kent, and Sebastian stand transfixed, staring in shocked amazement at a huge, fat man whose many chins are a quiver with silent mirth. Can this be a joke that someone is playing on them? Or can it really be. But wait, listen tomorrow for the answer to this puzzling question. Listen tomorrow and every day, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. By all means, don't forget to tune in to Superman tomorrow for another thrilling and exciting episode. And don't forget to talk to Mother and Dad before you go to bed tonight about making arrangements to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Start the day off right tomorrow. Buy at least one ten-cent war-saving stamp first thing after breakfast. And remember what I told you at the beginning of this program. Every single dime is important, because all our dimes put together can go a long way to help pay for the guns and the tanks and the planes and the ships we need to knock out the Nazis and the Japs. And here's an idea for you. Why don't you get together with your friends tomorrow and make a joint pledge to buy war saving stamps every time you've got a dime? See, which of you can buy the most war saving stamps every week and every month? In that way, you'll be doing your share to win this war. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leave tall buildings at a single bound.
2: Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. Get Superman.
1: Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
0: This is Mutual.